Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. Welcome to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works with David and Mark. So our main focus for this special Messianic Media Halloween episode is going to be um, mostly Christian songs about that we think are related to Halloween, or at least uh, songs from Christian artists, and obviously there's discussions on that. Did you celebrate Halloween a lot as a kid? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I think my very first Halloween costume was a little bunny rabbit, this little bunny rabbit that my family would would uh, would have us decorate, you know, wear up. One of the best costumes that I ever made was a a Tin Man costume, where I I made I used like a like a strainer as like the the hat uh, or colander or whatever or whatever. What do you call it? Uh, and then uh, I I spray paint. Yeah, I spray spray painted some uh, oatmeal containers to make the arms and some other some other plastic to make the arms and legs. And then, but then my favorite um, favorite costume that I ever did was I was Darth Vader for three or four uh, Halloweens, and I for that one I actually that this was back in the day before they had all the cool new lightsaber. There were some lightsaber toys back then, but my brother had one that was broken, so then I made my own Darth Vader uh, lightsaber out of a flashlight, and then put some. Um, like put, added a plastic tube on it and then added a red filter to make the red lightsaber. Uh, and my friend had a, had a Darth Vader mask. So I, I wore that and made my own outfit. It was pretty fun. How about you? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, we didn't really celebrate um, Halloween growing up or, or something like that. Um, yeah. You kind of have the Jewish holiday Purim. Um, yeah. My parents were, or at least initially saying like, okay, well, we're not celebrating Halloween because it's a pagan holiday and yeah. stuff like that. But at least I did get to do dress up stuff and get candy with my kids. I mean, so Purim is its own little celebration. It's a Jewish holiday. Um, it's, you know, in March or April. Um, so it's a different part, time of the year, but it's mm. um, basically, I think it copied some of the stuff from Halloween, like at where they yeah, are. Really? that kind of festive stuff. They really amped up the costume elements and the sweets element oh, right. because of the right. influence of the Christian slash secular holiday, stuff like that. Yeah, I would I would definitely call Halloween not a Christian holiday. <laughs> um, uh, and actually in some ways, yeah, I don't really like the holiday, but I, we, but I like the, the kids like the candy basically. That's kind of what, then they like the costumes. Yeah. I think but, it is a fun thing, and I, I don't see anything inherently wrong with it. Um, yeah. Do you know that in, the, I think it was Saudi Arabia, it's a banned holiday um, because Christian holidays are banned? Um, oh, same interesting. With, uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know the the other the other thing with, um, I, I took a class in college where we discussed like the, like the early history, and there's some there is like literally like a pagan, like this Irish pagan uh, holiday called Samhain with, you know, with like 
witches and alt alters and all like all stuff like that. It's spelled S A M H I N, but then people pronounce it Sawin, and I I never quite figured out <laughs> what, what how that's supposed to work out. But um, but yeah, ancient like there is, it's there's kind of a mix I think in a lot of a lot of the the holiday, and then especially in the last like fifty years I think it's changed too. I'm not like necessarily a fan of like people dressing up as like demons or anything like that or but but kind of having the fun costumes is like having a kid dress up as Darth Vader is, is totally benign, I think. <laughs> to clarify in like, you know, Saudi Arabia a strict Islamic country, I'd say yeah. public celebrations are banned, but there's not really um enforcement of private parties or and things like that or things like that. Yeah, not so, necessarily uh, that I'm providing legal advice or anything like that. Um, <laughs> you'd want to research that more. By the way, yeah. if anyone's listening in Saudi Arabia, feel free to comment. Yeah, yeah, great. That would be really interesting. Yeah. Fascinating to hear. It's Islamic culture is considered a Christian holiday, and then Christian um, communities often or don't really consider it a Christian holiday and stuff like that, which makes sense. I did get to do some costumes that are basically like Halloween costumes. Um, yeah i even did like it was only a few years ago i did a costume where i was uh like a ghost yeah i like the ghost costumes ghost costumes are fun <laughs> it was yeah, fun you just like cut some holes and for your eyes yeah did you cut did you have an accurate like did you accurately measure the width of your face you know <laughs> to you know the nose in your to fit your nose and your eyes so you could see out of it I was able to see out of it, but it wasn't as, um, so it was a little better than Strong Mads. It actually was um, Darth Vader one, one or two years. Um, awesome. It was kind of nice because uh, I had a friend that had a Darth Vader costume that was pretty legit, and then I was able to borrow it because it wasn't Halloween, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, for Burn. Yeah, and then my brother, my younger brother, was actually uh, Luke Skywalker one of the years. So that was oh, cool. That was funny. More recently, I kind of did a um, at work. I would do a, a Super Dave costume, which was based yeah. on the nickname that I got at work. Nice. I've seen some pictures of the Super Dave and yeah. people referencing that. That was pretty easy. I mean, I got an off-the-shelf cape, and then I just designed a custom one-off T-shirt and fun with that. Yeah. We got a variety of songs instead of just one album this time so first off we're starting with reliant k with a song called my girlfriend like that's the actual name of the song and there's no parentheses or anything but but originally yeah <laughs> originally it was called marilyn manson ate my girlfriend on their initial release <laughs> you know like their so. demo and stuff like that yeah it's just kind of a funny song it feels uh, tongue in cheek. I I don't know if it, it's a time gap between when he wrote the song and when it was released. Um, I think it could have started out as a mostly serious song, so absurd, kind of content-wise that I just kind of assume that it's silly. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, my introduction to Reliant K actually was with this album. The um, so this was before the Anatomy of Tongue in Cheek. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> um yeah. uh, they they had uh they had like two or three songs 
and I forget if this song was on the sampler or not, but um, you know, a friend and I got the this the, the the sampler, and then he also bought the album, so I listened to it a lot in his car. And Marilyn Manson was you know hu hugely popular. There's that reference to beautiful people, and within the song, and beautiful people was like was on the radio at the time. So my my take on it was it's definitely tongue in cheek, um, but he's also he's also and he's doing it in a funny way and it's but he, i think he's also being sincere and like maybe he um the some girl he used to know or used to date used to be kind of a believer and then walked away from the faith and got into like goth culture or something or yeah. or or she was kind of like a just a nominal believer or you know she knew the the singer but yeah i it definitely doesn't seem like it's really like recent you know dating or if, if this was even really his girlfriend or not you know right I think much less the eating behind, part behind the scenes huh? kind of stuff on that he wrote the song when he was 15 so i think ah, that, yeah that's something that's could be more serious you know i didn't get that reference at first with the beautiful people yeah uh, <laughs> that was just kind of a a mean kind of line you know it's like i i don't know if it's really marilyn manson that's to blame for it you know it's catchy having it and an artist that people would actually recognize and things like that you know yeah and i like the i like the guitar riffs that they have going on in yeah. this song it, it's yeah it's, it's it's ear catchy you know it's it's, it's yeah. it makes you notice it um as opposed to just saying my my girlfriend's kind of gotten into goth artwork or whatever like that you know it's <laughs> it's a funnier way to say it, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I think I think there is some sincerity yeah. to it, you know, like she'd rather basically get involved in this, you know, subculture than than go to church basically or yeah. you know, no no Jesus or any of that or know the Lord. Did you watch the music video? <laughs> no, I didn't. I think I may have watched it back in the day, but I didn't get around to it this week. How about you? Yeah, I I did watch it. Uh, I'm sure I've seen it before, but you know, it's definitely a kind of low budget, um, intentionally sent off of monster kind of things, you know, where there's a mm -hmm. giant, giant Marilyn Manson that goes, that literally consumes the girlfriend and then they okay. have to go in and, and rescue her, um, from an, inside the body and stuff like that. It was kind of bizarre. I, I think there was, you know, one of the lines is like, Satan consumed her mind, you know, which I think that. He meant that does mention like his shows are overpriced, you know, which is yes, such a <laughs> yeah. It's uh, funny that I never noticed that line until actually just just you know, like a few a few, uh, a few hours ago, <laughs> re-listening to the song. It's that's one thing I did notice that line. I think they got a little bit of flack about the song, like just for mentioning a secular artist, which is kind of funny from some Christians. Yes, even though he, they're critiquing it, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that's why also the name was changed to yeah. my girlfriend from the original name. I think yeah. I wouldn't have worked to have it on the CD artwork and stuff like that. Singers talking about it. He said that, you know, it's like every band is the, the one cliche song about losing the girl. He said they pretty much stopped playing the song by 2002 because um, mm. they're kind of tired of the song. Which is yeah. it was their first single, but I guess they had other singles by that point. Yeah, and they eventually came around to have other 
you know, losing the girlfriend songs. Yeah. <laughs> they had plenty of them throughout their career. <laughs> Unfortunately. It's fun and kind of uh, fun playing with uh, with themes like that, like kind of a darker stuff. So moving on to Skillet Monster, which mm. was uh, like the, one of their main singles. It might be their most popular song. This is probably the only song that got real mainstream radio play um, out of their, their stuff. Some of their songs have played on Christian radios before, but it's interesting. Um, had you really heard the song before? Yeah, I had. At times I've heard it and not realized it was Skillet. I've I've had I had a Skillet album. I've had the Skillet album in the past and I know the band, but I, I think I've heard this in other settings and not realized it was them. It's an interesting song. Yeah, it looks like like on Spotify it has almost three hundred million <laughs> streams. Oh, gotcha. Just on Spotify. Yeah, it's it's catchy. Um but then it's in it's interesting for the for them as a band because I think is so the monster is like are do what do you think they're talking about here? Do you think they're talking about like sin inside and temptation and like the flesh? You know? Yeah, I think that's definitely what they're talking about. It's light reference to it, you know. It's not that specific. I mean it could be talking, you know, sin, addiction, drug use, and I think that's you know, hate or anger, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. It's interesting because it's quite a, you know, that's kind of a dark theme, but then because it's generic enough and, you know, it's driving rock and stuff like that, then it's used in, like, upbeat rock situations. You know, it's used to pump up the the, the crowd. Yeah, like about the, uh, like a basketball game or a football game or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, that kind of thing. A big thing is it was used in a lot of wrestling uh, promos. Oh. But yeah, that was used in uh, some football stuff and some NBA and some other songs on, on that album. Skillet seems to kind of go with this route and then also throw in the redemptive side. I listened to a little bit of their first album and uh, I don't forget which song it was. Um, I don't think it's Castleine. It was another one. Um, yeah, it took them a while. I mean, this was their seventh album, and I had been listening to them since at least the second or third. So they'd they definitely changed their sound up. Some like they used to be kind of a nine inch nails grunge electronic rock thing, and then they they're now it was now mostly like mainstream rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the mainstream version of those yeah. those styles. But yeah, they like lyrically though. In other songs, though, I, I can think of them that, you know, talking about, I have a sin nature and it's a battle within me. And then I have, but then there's the light of the Lord who's like redeeming me, that kind of, that kind of idea. And then, but then this one, it's kind of like, just feels like a monster. <laughs> almost, almost like there's like the no, there's like the no hope in, in terms of like the, um, the believing side of it. But which is like, I guess, um, worthwhile to, to show at times um, because they do have the rest of their body of work but um and sometimes you know for some people for plenty of people there's you know there's only the dark side of it without the any of the redeeming hope and light of Yeshua. The music video is is pretty generic as well you don't get any 
clue what's going on. It's kind of like a laboratory experiment and, you know, the singer um, wrapped in bandages being experimented on. So there's no... Dr. Frankenstein's creature. Yeah. <laughs> the band fought hard to have the to have kind of like the guttural scream included in the in the radio song or mm -hmm. the, actually the album version the monster sounding version yeah the monster sounding clip yeah. exactly they wanted the band to to sing it straight for the album slash radio version but they actually helped them made the song more popular yeah it's distinct yeah it's a catchy riff it is you know i think it's an all right album overall but i think there's you know it's like four or five songs that are really solid on it so i'd, I'd give so i'd give that a listen i need to go back and dig more into the skill it's older albums though too yeah yeah i want to do that now we're, we're going to a band that you i hadn't heard of before called the deadlines um <laughs> which you, you pitched as that and i think it's definitely fit of you know when you're talking about like christian halloween kind of songs i think that's that's fitting um so why don't you talk about it for a bit so the deadlines were a band on tooth and nail which is generally a christian label uh and they and they did play some christian festivals back in the day but they were uh kind of an extreme band some people would say like the misfits or uh you know kind of punk horror um goth or you know goth punk kind of style of music i think their their music is really interesting they they were quite controversial back in the day early on in their sets they actually would like pretend to you know spit blood and they would like they would wear makeup that would look like they would they were coming out of a coffin and then when they released the album um death and the light death and life and rock and roll they they uh they inserted a card to kind of explain the message of each song, you know, in theory, how it might relate to uh, like the theme of, you know, people being, you know, dead inside or, you know, just, you know, kind of, um, but, uh, you know, like I would say this isn't like, I would, even though it was on a Christian label, I wouldn't call this a Christian, a Christian album. They do kind of recognize that you know that's kind of the the thing that people don't like to talk about a lot of times is like you know the wages of sin is death you know the the due to due to the curse the curse of adam and the, uh, adam and eve in the garden you know we all we all are going to die we all, it's, it's just something it's part of you know and like even the cross you know yeshua went to the he had to die in order to redeem us so the, on that on that you know there is like you know, dwelling dwelling on it a little bit, I think is is um, you know, it's not something that we should shy away from. You know, we shouldn't, we don't need to fear death. It doesn't have a sting. But but yeah, this band was kind of they were they were quite goofy in their approach, and they they had some controversy back in the day. Um, and I had there were a few songs that I liked, and, and we're going to talk about one of them um, called "Go Go to the Graveyard." The other one that I liked was, you know, um, Vampires in Love, which had a really funny, funny hook, guitar riff, and keyboard punch. And there's like two vampires went met late one night, and it was love at first bite. <laughs> uh, so that's that's kind of uh, to give you a taste of what what kind of where this band's like humor and, and dark humor was, and their approach.
Um, yeah. How? What was your? What was your? What were your thoughts about them? Hearing them now and coming across them. Yeah, it was, a, it was a little so. weird uh, hearing the album, um, you know, and and you know, some of it was a little hokey, and some of it was was fun enough, you know. I don't mind the theme and makeup costume thing; it sounds kind of funny. It seems interesting. There's some decent stuff. I I liked how they had the like a organ that they added on, in addition to like it being kind of pretty much straightforward punk music other than that um i guess there's technically a yeah. term called horror punk mm-hmm. go go to the graveyard was just kind of zombies coming for you um in in the song defend they mentioned preaching to the dead um which you know that's kind of weird i also thought it was pretty funny with you know i guess tooth and nail had some bands that weren't really christian um I guess, I don't know if it was just stuff that they liked. I don't know if anything uh, really succeeded. Yeah. I did think it was funny how they had different album art for the Christian market and for the regular market. Like, it doesn't uh-huh. seem too controversial there. You know, I mean, it's, you know, like as kind of a classic zombie and it's not like blood or, or gore and stuff like that, but in, it's, you know, for the Christian market they just released one with a with a photo of the band members as like as the album cover I don't think they really caught on it's a little hard to find information about them now I mean on the on the one hand like preaching to the dead obviously like you know once you're once you're fast I think but uh you know spiritually dead you know people people are walking around you know and we're spiritually dead and need to be awakened and like God, God uses like you know the um like in Ezekiel you know, you know, the dry bones and Ezekiel sees the vision of the, you know, they arise and wake and basically the dry bones are, you know, in the, in, in like, I think it's in Israel, right? Like the spiritually dead um, part of, part of Israel. Um, yeah. And they need to be awakened by the spirit, you know, by the, by the, by the Lord. Yeah, I think you got it exactly. Um, but you're, you're finding more Christian references on this. I, I really couldn't figure out anything and I don't think they're they were really a Christian band. I don't. It's based on based on the no no. Album, which yeah. I, I haven't listened to the the second album. I don't know if there's things in that, but I was trying to find stuff like there wasn't even. You know, I think it could have done references to Dry Bones and things like that. Yeah, I, no, I completely agree with you. The band's not putting that there. <laughs> they like they attempted to with like a little car tooth and nail did as like a. I think as a publicity, but yeah, I agree, I agree with you completely. Though you're not going to find Jesus within or Yeshua within this at all. Okay, well, moving on to Pound Foolish, which is a was a local band in San Diego that I knew. I thought they were a pretty successful, um, you know, as far as a local San Diego Christian band. They didn't have uh, much success outside of of it, and I and they played for a while. Um, you know, a few years and then didn't quite succeed at getting a label deal and stuff like that. But the, yeah. the reason I bring up specifically um, the song Life Beyond Life is what inspired me to uh, create this idea for songs because I remember going to see them at a Halloween show, um, a Christian Halloween show. Oh. Uh, could have been a day before or something like that, but it was definitely one of those um, 
alternative Christian things. So instead of Halloween, which I hadn't really been to that much, um, I don't know if you have experience with um, alternative Halloween stuff. No, I mean you and I played <laughs> around that time. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah, the, yeah, they, I mean, um, well, we'll do like you know. I had I, I attended a church and they called it Fallapalooza, or they'll call it like yeah, Fall Festival or Harvest Festival, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah usually they don't want to use the word Halloween. Like it's interesting the the holiday, you know, it's All Hallows Eve, and you know, like the Reform, like Martin Luther with the Reformation, you know, that was. October 31st, uh, like historically, the Reformation Day was, you know, was that date back in the day. But yeah, the, the Halloween festival itself, usually, I think most most churches try to try to do an alternative. But I, I didn't do, I never went to like a concert. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind, uh, you know, churches putting events to try to reach um, kids and teens and stuff like that. Pound Foolish playing Life Beyond Life and like give it an intro that this is their Halloween spooky song. <laughs> that was funny. I, you know, they played this song year round, um, you know, as part of their repertoire. They basically just had one album the, the years that I saw them. And I went to quite a bit of shows over the like the two or three years that they were active and I, I knew about them. It's you know, got spooky woods kind of, you know, whistling wind kind of sound. And they were able to do that live with pedals. So the it, the guitar is making, oh, nice. making those sounds as well as being able to also do the uh, kind of fingering notes, which is the kind of the creepy soundtrack kind of thing for, for movies. So I thought that was mm -hmm. really effective um, as like a, you know, it goes into a rock song, but it it could have worked as part of a a film soundtrack. You know, maybe a little bit too much on the drums for it to to be a true um, horror film intro. Like, but I like that yeah. as well as the the bass was effective in that too. Yeah, it could be part of a climax though, right? Or yeah. or uh, you know, a suspenseful scene, chase scene, or something. The lyrics, you know, they they are more outspoken about the faith. Um, you know, they don't usually say, you know, Jesus um, or anything like that, but they do lots of scriptural references, absent from the body, present in the Lord, um, and like a vision of seeing like heaven after death. And then it's like death, where is your victory? And I think the story's a little confusing on the song. I guess it's like a vision of life after life, because um, then... I think the person comes back to life at the end, like they're, mm. or, you know, they, they realize that they weren't dead. The story, it was hard for me to follow because initially he's looking forward to like, to being basically coming to the end of life, facing, facing the end and passing, passing, you know, leave, you know, going to the grave and then going beyond the grave. And then, but then at the, uh, toward the end of the song, he's like saying, breathe, breathe on me. Yeah. And he's kind of like, it's like he's asking for a renewal. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's, I mean, actually in my own testimony, you know, I considered the fact that I was, you know, that I was living in a temporal body. That definitely was part of, and also I realized, you know, this, this my sin, sin nature and that, that I needed redemption. So that was, you know, I kind of looked forward and then 
I can understand it kind of like in a yeah in a vision kind of way, but if, yeah. But if in the direct story, it's it gets a little confusing. <laughs> well, it's a song that's worth checking out. However, it's real hard to find. Um, you can't really find it online, or you know they don't really they're not really even selling stuff. Um, at the time, I kept up with them on their website, you know, which obviously you have to pay to keep the website up, or on MySpace and. Um, well, technically, they still they still have a page, you know, when MySpace got essentially wiped over the years, so it's not really active and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a a solid album overall. You know, I think some of it, it I mean, it's a, a long album. I think it's like 14 songs, and they're longer songs, you know, typically five to six minutes, so I think that it gets repetitive in points, and they do the song their songs really well and they're good musically but then uh the songs are too similar to each other yeah but yeah some people who are like you know if they're like fans of skillet they might you know they might be interested in this kind of thing this album you know especially if they want to go kind of do a early 2000s you know well, some people would call it new metal i don't know i don't know how to describe them <laughs> we opened for them in that was before I was in the band. I may have gone to that, but uh, but I mean, I mean, I think this was like right at this is right after. Yeah. Uh, I saw. I think I came. I met you around the time, uh, like right around the time that you opened for them, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of like early two thousands, uh, the Insiders, which actually I don't know what year the song came out. I kind of, kind of assume a lot of the Christian Scott especially comes out of, around the first. Half you know 2000 to 2005 you know yeah it was around 99 2000 something like that i think i'm pretty sure gotcha. yeah i guess it was 98 so oh yeah so older than that but yep so the insiders the hunted is quite an interesting song it was seemed like really dark lyrics you know you don't might not notice it as much with just a casual listen um i guess it's kind of the same theme is like skillet monster where it's like talking about your body being going through suffering and stuff like that but it seemed pretty weird yeah my interpretation of the song was there's like you know the spiritual battle and then we have we have an antagonist right like the the like satan is the um the the accuser the antagonist or the or the you know the, the dark side we the uh and then they're, they're like trying to hunt us down but then also you know with like the holy spirit and with the redemption i think i think my my thought was like there's like a um there's like a there's like a little prayer in the middle of it and oh god i i beg for mercy you know on the souls that torture me i ask that they be um shown the grace that you've shown me and then he says the end is upon you i release my gear on you i'll destroy you i'll destroy you and then you will know that I am the Lord. And, then, and it says, you've become the hunted. And I think that the idea is like, all of a sudden, no longer is it Satan, but like God's turning it around. And he's like, no, I'm going to strike, I'm going to strike you down. You, you know, you're going after my people. But uh, now, now, you know, eventually we know who, who we know who wins the battle. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't really care much for the lyrics. I think it was a little too, vague or dark um but i did really like the music and actually 
I really like the rap rock sections on it. And was it the other members of the band doing that section or? I actually, I actually don't know. I thought it was a guest vocalist, but maybe it was, maybe it was a, another member of the band. I did spend some time trying to track it down and I couldn't find anything. That's why I was kind of assuming it wasn't. I really like how it was written and this might be my uh, favorite song of, of theirs just from a music perspective and how the vocals are sung slash rapped. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. My favorite from them is their Motor City Skull album. Yeah, but that was like, you know, like I got, I got into that right at like the heart of like third wave ska popularity so uh, you know that may and i was playing trumpet at the time so that may have uh, contributed to my delight but yeah but I, for this album i like this this is a fun song <laughs> one more song to discuss is from five iron frenzy and it's the untimely death of brad so i did i did look up kind of the story behind this song and and things like that but i mean i guess so i got the ep i remember here just hearing rumors kind of the People, when they released the song, it was like somebody on the message board or somebody online had suggested, you know, there were a lot of internet rumors and this was the early, early days of internet rumors. And somebody said that their, their trumpet player had died. And so, you know, and there's plenty of other rumors that go along on the internet. And when you're, when you're a Christian man, you know, there's like, it's even compounded to some, you know, people. And it's hard to tell sometimes what's true back, especially back in the day. <laughs> so they, they turned it into, you know, there was a rumor, there's a line in the song. He's like, it's, you know, the untimely death of Brad, you know, it's on the internet. So then it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> I did enjoy reading that story on the song and stuff like that. So the trumpet player missed one show for, to attend a wedding and um, the singer kind of, flippantly said like oh he died so we have a different trumpet player uh today and so that uh-huh. spread to the internet and then they decided to have some fun with it you know they don't even keep it straight for the full song you know they they mention some stuff or at least you know it's like if you see him remember to console console him yes yeah the details of his death are vague um unbelievable uh-huh. as it seems. I don't believe in ghosts. I've never seen one, but isn't the trumpet playing haunting on this album? Yeah. And uh, sometimes it seems like he's standing very near. (laughs) I hear his trumpet playing in my ear. Yeah. Sometimes it seems he's standing very near. Yeah. Yeah. I I really like that. It's funny. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't believe in ghosts, you know? Yeah. For me, it helps. um, Like, take away the morbidity of 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 the song like it would it would be a cruel joke if um like like for me for example like after my mom passed away i didn't i didn't necessarily want to listen to this song or like any if anybody has like a, a close close friend or knows somebody who like i i do i have close friends who died when they were they were young but for me it doesn't they're not making fun of that they're making fun of they're making fun of internet rumors and and they're making fun of people taking things and going ridiculous. They're making fun of falsehoods and and saying how ridiculous these falsehoods are. And that's why that's why it works for me. When I think of this, I think of uh, Paul is dead rumors, you know, from the Beatles. 
that's a little more morbid because there are people that actually believe it. It's a fun song for that. And I like the, you know, the trumpet playing on the album. You know, you're more aware of that, you know. So. Yeah, there's some really cool Latin style trumpet in this song. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely appreciate it more in the, now that we're studying it. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, my most memorable song, uh, even on the EP. Um, definitely not for Five Iron, but I think kind of. On that EP? All the stuff they do. On that EP, I'm going to guess about which one's your favorite. It's probably. These are not my pants. The the country version, right? The country. These are not my pants. I don't know who they are. They smell a lot like Bobby's because he likes to fart. <laughs> that's that's your favorite song, right, on the album? That might be up there. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah, because I remember initially, yeah, like as a kid. Um, these are not my pants was my favorite yeah the country was pretty good i also like the um the fake censorship on the on the rap one um, yo me and bobby we was walking down the beep though we didn't have nothing to beep but we had our pants on <laughs> yeah that was good. yeah i like that one I, that's like i love that album because it's an ep but i think it might be their longest runtime of any album that they have technically because there's so many secret songs <laughs> just playing around in the studio i i mean i love the that that might be my it's my, might be my favorite title for an album which obviously there's a there's some good they came up with good albums for their um album titles but yeah quantity is job one when it's a a short album now my favorite song is uh my evil plan to save the world on, on oh yeah the, oh yeah on the album yeah yeah that's good and just dandelions on that one too. I like dandelions yeah. too. Yeah. 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 Actually, I really actually like that entire that entire EP. But yeah, yeah. My evil plan, plan to save the world is pretty great. Yeah. So those are kind of Halloween ghosts kind of themes, stuff like that. A lot of the Christian artists, you know, can have some songs that are at least playing with that because it's you know it's popular culture and stuff like that. You know. I mean, ultimately, we we like. We believe that, you know, death is part of something that is, you know, you know, it's mentioned in the scriptures, kind of like what the, well, why it happens. And it isn't, it isn't the end, um, ultimately. But, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I think it's, it's nice that when, well, like some of the, the albums that we've talked about, you know, they're, they're, it's a little, some of them are really goofy and then some of them are, kind of more serious um so but yeah it's it's nice that we don't need to be afraid as believers you know we don't need to be afraid of, of death yeah it doesn't have this thing anymore and the ghosts and even like the you know the dark spiritual powers and yeah and the artists have different ways of you know responding to it <laughs> yeah, i guess so i think that's a, a good point yeah cool that's our special episode um yeah hopefully you guys weren't turned off by the concept of it um <laughs> but yeah we'll try to keep things fresh and keep doing different things um you know our contact is messianicmedia at gmail.com facebook.com slash messianicmedia itunes anchor 
Spotify, etc. Hope you have a good Halloween if you're celebrating it or other fall slash winter holidays. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Messianic Media Podcast, a discussion of Messianic, Christian, and secular artistic works.